happy girl. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another podcast of Women at the Well Ministries, where we believe that all of us have to come to Jesus like the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Our highest priority is making God real in your life. Whether you are listening in our app, in your favorite podcasting app, or on our website at watwm.org, we invite you to sit down with us as we look to the scriptures to learn more about God and to strengthen your daily walk with Jesus Christ. God delivers his children and rescues them from trouble. Just as God rescued Daniel from the lion's den, he will rescue you from the snares of the devil and the weapons of the enemy. If we commit our way unto the Lord, he delivers us from despair, gives us victory, and plants our feet on the solid rock. Join us in this podcast of Women at the Well Ministries as Kim takes us on a journey through the scriptures, revealing the truths found in Daniel 6.27, which says, He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Hello, and thank you for joining us in this podcast of Woman at the Well Ministries. I'm quite certain that it would be nearly impossible, if not highly improbable, that any of us are going to find ourselves in an actual lion's den with lions that are hungry and ready to ravenously eat us. But I believe that all of us, if we are standing for the Lord and we are doing what God has called us to do, often stand in the presence of lions that are out to get us. And I think we often find ourselves in a lion's den where people are trying to catch us in a mistake or trap us in some way or cause us all manner of hurt and harm. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And I don't know what lion's den you may be in right now. Maybe it's persecution at work. Perhaps it's family issues. Maybe it's financial problems. Maybe it's your health. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's relationships. But you probably are in some situation where you feel like on every turn there is danger. And today, over the next few moments, what I hope to do is just spend some time in Daniel chapter 6 and our key verses 27 of Daniel chapter 6, which reads like this. He delivereth and rescueth, And he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. The Bible says that the devil walketh about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. In that same chapter, he tells us to cast our cares upon him, for he careth for us. As we begin to look at Daniel's life and this account in Daniel chapter 6, we see that God showed up. And he rescued him, and he delivered him from the mouths of lions. 
There are people out there that just don't like the God in you. And the God in you brings out the devil in them. They can be people who are not of faith, and that devil can be strong, and it can be powerful. But again, nothing is greater than he that is in you, in 1 John 4, 4. Or it may be another Christian whose life isn't sold out to Jesus. And perhaps knowingly or even unknowingly, the things that they do and the things that they say, they cause you trouble and they cause you harm. And their, their words have such a bite that it feels like you're being devoured when you're in their presence. And then there are those who speak about you behind your back and sooner or later it comes to light and you find out perhaps even those that you trusted either lied to you or lied about you and, and you feel the bite of those words. Sometimes you may be in a situation where people at work or somewhere else may be laying wait for you just to see you make a mistake, just to try to bring you down. But I have good news. Jesus is a deliverer and he is a rescuer. See, he tells us in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 9, he says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. When we do things in the power of God, we are surely going to prevail. He says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Daniel lived a life that is amazing. And he had power. He had the power of God that works in him. And Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now we know that God is no respecter of persons. What he did for Daniel, he'll do for you. The question is, will you do for him what Daniel did for him? See, if we read this account in Daniel chapter 6, we see that Daniel lived a life that was a witness for who God is. We see that his legacy was that he was a man that served the Lord regardless of the circumstances. Daniel didn't have a convenient faith. Daniel didn't have a moment-by-moment situational faith. Daniel had a day-by-day, moment-by-moment, hour-by-hour, day-by-day, week-by-week, month-by-month. Every breath he took, he took with the faith that God was on his side and that God would take care of him. See, Daniel lived a life that we see in verse 5 of chapter 6 that the governor's And the presidents and the princes uh, that all assembled together for the king, that they knew that the only way to trap Daniel and to get rid of Daniel, because Daniel had found favor in God's eyes, which allowed him to find favor in the king's eyes. And these presidents and governors and princes and counselors and captains, they were all upset about that. They, They felt jealous Have you been there? Have you been in the situation where you have the power of God on you and you have the favor of God on you and that 
favor of God on you and in you aggravates the devil and someone else. And so they are always laying wait either to ridicule you or cause you trouble or set a trap for you or waiting for you to make a mistake or they have this incredible need to just constantly try to bring you down. Be of good cheer, my friend, because God has overcome them because he will exalt you in due time. They are no match for the God that is fighting and delivering and rescuing you. And we see this in Daniel 6 so perfectly played out because these individuals realized that because Daniel had a steadfast faith, unmovable, that if they were going to get him in trouble, they were going to have to do something concerning the law of his God. And so they had watched Daniel's life, and Daniel had a consistent walk with the Lord. Now, let's just park there for a moment. If people are watching your life, do they see that you have a consistent walk with the Lord? Would they say the only way that I can trap her or him, the only way that I can get them into trouble is to do something that puts them against the wall of having to push against their God, because when it comes to push, comes to shove, they are going to go with God, and they are going to stand. See, this was Daniel's reputation. So Daniel had a habit of praying three times a day, and he didn't pray just when it was convenient. He didn't pray just when he didn't have anything else to do. Daniel had a committed prayer life, And he had established a schedule. And so he prayed three times a day. And the people laying in wait to get him, they knew this. And so they devise a way to get Daniel into trouble. They want to make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days except for the king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now the king, not thinking this through, he signs this decree. Now I want you to see in verse 10 of Daniel chapter 6, it says, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knee three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. See, Daniel didn't have a situational relationship with Jesus. Daniel had a consistent, fervent, faithful relationship with Jesus. Daniel served the Lord the way the Lord told him to serve him, regardless of the circumstances or the consequences. He did not modify the way he worshiped and served the Lord to please anyone in his surroundings. I'm afraid that we have watered down our relationship with Jesus to the point that many of us are afraid of offending someone else if we pray in public. We're afraid to offend someone else if we pray out loud in Walmart because we run into a, a person who needs prayer. We say, well, that's not kosher. That's, that's, that's unrefined. Uh, We need to do that in our car, or, or perhaps we should just go home and do it. I'm telling you, when someone asks you to pray for them, it is a rare bird that remembers to do that when they get home. 
See, if they're asking you to pray for them, they most likely need that prayer right then and right there. And it's okay when you go home to do it a second time. But my friend, that is a trick of the devil to postpone what they have asked you to do, to postpone bringing down the power of the Lord right there at that moment on that concern. But you see, we've become so accustomed to being concerned about what people will think of us, what people will say. We all know people in our lives growing up that perhaps made us uncomfortable because we weren't sure that they were authentic or genuine in how they were praying and they were praying big and loud and making a scene. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to be authentic with the way you serve the Lord and serve him in Walmart the same way you serve him at home. I'm asking you to be authentic in the way that you walk with the Lord. And if it offends somebody, you you try in your best to let them know you're not wanting to offend them, but you don't let someone else's opinion of how you should worship the Lord change how God told you to do it. Daniel had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and every believer has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and he gives you the information, and he orders your steps, and he allows you to know what he wants you to do, and your friends, and your family, and your coworkers, and your church family, all those other people who are looking at you, they didn't get the assignment, so they don't have to understand it. You're not pleasing them. You are looking to please nail-scarred hands. And everything that comes in your path has been sifted through those nail-scarred hands. And the proof of his love for you is in the nail-scarred hands. And the fact that he died, was buried, and raised again is the proof of the power of those nail-scarred hands. His love for you and his power is unmatched. Yet we often water down our loyalty to him. We water down our devotion to him. We hide it. And we were told in Matthew chapter 5, 14 through 16, that we are the light of the world and we're to put it on a candlestick and put it so the whole world can see. We're to be a light like Jerusalem on a hill. And that we are to let our good works glorify our Father which is in heaven. There is nowhere in that encouragement, in that charge for how we are to be as Christians, does it say, if you got somebody in your life that thinks that's silly, don't do it. Listen, there are things about you that make you peculiar if you're a child of God. He says, be you a peculiar person, zealous of good works. And you are created with your skill set and your talents, and you have your charge from the Lord that he is expecting you to do. And so you might be a little quirky. You might be a little different. If you walk with me day by day, you're going to know I'm a little different. I'm a little quirky. But Jesus loves me, this I know. There are other fellow believers that think I'm a little odd because of things I won't do or things that I do. But you know what? That's okay. That's between them and God. See, I understood what he said to Daniel, and I understood how Daniel took that charge. Daniel had a reputation and a practice that he had set between him and God that had given him what he needed to be able to walk in the center of God's will. And so it didn't matter what anybody else thought about the fact that Daniel prayed three times a day. It didn't matter whether he was hungry at noon and something went wrong with his lunch. He still showed up for prayer. It didn't matter that he was sleepy in the morning. He got up and got victory over the blanket and he prayed. And it didn't matter that those who were laying in wait to get him 
who knew the only way that they could trap him was something about God. And he knew what was going on. That's what we're told in verse 10. But what we see is he does it anyway. And so then these men, they, they're excited, man. They got him. We all know those people who are just waiting for you to fall. But you know, sometimes we have to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt us in due time. And it may look to others that we've lost. It may look to others that we're abased. It may look to others that we are less. But when his hand comes sweeping through the moment, eye hasn't seen and ear hasn't heard what lies in store for them that love the Lord. And I believe that's on this side of heaven as well. Jesus has a plan to prosper you and to give you a hope and an expected end, we're told in Jeremiah 29, 11. Friends, the battle's not ours. It belongs to the Lord. We see that in David with the giant and the Goliath and David and the little slingshot of just a few rocks. Daniel said, I'm going to do what I always do. And he did what he always did. And his philosophy was, let the chips fly. The Lord will take care of me. So these men come together and they explain to the king what has happened. And then they said before the king that Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, not the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was displeased and he was upset with himself. He didn't think it through. And these men, they were relentless. And he said, no decree nor statue which the king established may be changed. So then the king commands and they bring Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Listen to what the king says. Daniel, thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. The king knew that he had done something wrong. The king knew that, that he had messed up. But the king also knew just assuredly that Daniel's God would deliver and rescue him. How could the king have known that about Daniel's God? He knew that because he knew exactly what those men, those presidents and those counselors and those princes knew. They knew what Daniel had lived out. They had watched how Daniel had worshipped the Lord. They had watched how the Lord had favored Daniel. They had watched the blessings of God be poured out upon Daniel. And so had the king. And the king knew that this was because of the God that Daniel served. The king had faith because of the faith he saw that was alive and active in Daniel. There are people in your life, folks, people above you, below you, surrounding you. They're watching you. Will they see in you what the king saw in Daniel? A faith that was active, a faith that was real, a faith that was powerful, a faith that would deliver. Daniel, we don't see anything in this account that he was upset. It just says he throws him in there. And they laid it upon the mouth of the den. The king, he was 
distraught all night. He fasted. He didn't know what else to do. But very early in the morning, he went with haste into the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Now, the king was most likely living at this point on Daniel's face and not his own. And I say this with great respect to every parent and grandparent and every friend in this room. Be very sure that the people in your life have made a personal decision to follow Christ. That they have a personal relationship with Jesus. Because they can't get to heaven on your coattail. Your faith may be enough to show them that God is real, that he's the way, the truth, and the life. But they have to make that decision themselves. John 3, 7 says, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. You have to make the decision. It says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved in Romans 10, 13. But make no mistake, how you live your life is a direct indication of the relationship you have with Jesus. And when your relationship is strong, the Jesus in you will shine to everyone around you and it will light a path that leads to Jesus. And this is what we see with the king. King Darius comes because he's been worried. His faith is a little weak because it wasn't really his. It was through Daniel, I believe. But he had faith because he came to the den and he asked for him. He calls out to him. Now, you don't ask something from someone or you don't call out to them unless you expect them to repeat back to you something. When you say hello, you expect someone to say hello or hey or howdy or however it is they acknowledge your presence, but you expect a verbal response. The fact that he came and he yells out to Daniel and he's asking, is the God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions means that he was expecting and hoping to hear Daniel speak. But look at his words, how carefully they are pinned, which says, servant of the living God. Is thy God whom thou servest continually? Daniel was consistent and he was constant in his walk. He wasn't up one day and down the next. See, when you know Jesus, when you have a personal relationship with Jesus, you know that your joy is in Jesus. It's not in your circumstances or your situations. You know that your faith is one that will give you victory because 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58 says, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore, my brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He consistently and he continually served the living God. And it was an effort that was wasted because the Lord delivered him and he rescued him. And again, he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, and he changes not. 
And what he did for Daniel, he'll do for you. But the question still remains, are you doing for him what Daniel did? Are you committed to him? Have you given him your whole heart, soul, mind, and life? Daniel had. The Bible says that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he should give us the desires of our heart. He says to commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. That is lived out in Daniel chapter 6. And those words were penned in Psalms 37, 4 through 6 by David, who knew who God was. He was a man after God's own heart. He had defeated the giant just as we defeat the giants in our lives. When we hand up our battles to him, like we're told in 1 Samuel 17, 47, which says the battle is not ours, it belongs to the Lord. My friends, when you commit your way to the Lord, people are going to see it. And just like King Darius says to him, the living God, which thou servest continually. The living God. God isn't dead. God isn't just living on the laurels of his past. He's dynamic. He's alive. He's living. He lives every day to make intercession for you. He watches you. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He gives you the provisions that you need. God is always delivering and rescuing his children. King Darius had seen this in Daniel's life. The favor that Daniel had was because of his devotion and love to the Lord. Then said Daniel unto the king, My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and I also before thee, O king, have done no hurt. What Daniel is saying is, I have towed the line with Jesus. I have followed what God has said. Daniel didn't have the Holy Spirit living with him consistently. Until Jesus went away, the Holy Spirit didn't come and dwell in our hearts. We have the Holy Spirit, my friend. How much easier it is is when we submit ourselves to the Lord and hear the voice of the Holy Spirit who leads us, directs us, comforts us, and teaches us. Friend, if you're not living sold out to Jesus, that's a problem, and it's a choice. Because we have everything we need to follow the supreme, living, loving, only true God. And unless you come to him personally and repent of your sins and believe and confess who he is, you're going to be like King Darius, who may have seen it in someone else, but wasn't strong enough to come and ask. But Daniel wasn't doing anything other than what he normally did. Daniel wasn't doing extraordinary heroic deeds. He was following what God had asked him to do. He was praying three times a day. And circumstances and situations did not alter how Daniel served the Lord. 
He wasn't concerned about popularity. He wasn't concerned about numbers of friends. He wasn't concerned about likes on his Facebook. Daniel was concerned about living as God had asked him to live. And he says, because I've done what I'm supposed to do, God did what he said he would do. And look what happens. I believe that King Darius sees a transformation It says, then when the king exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. See, for with God, all things are possible. In Mark 9, 23, he says, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. See, it might be difficult for you to start your journey of growing closer to the Lord, of allowing him to sanctify you and cleanse you and wash you, make you more of what he wants you to be. But when you believe, see, the Lord says, if you draw nigh unto him, he'll draw nigh unto you. In 2 Samuel 22, 2-4, he says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my rock and him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior that saveth me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemy. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Psalms 118.6, we're told that the Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? In every situation and in every circumstance, God is always there because he will never leave you nor forsake you. We are told in Hebrews 13.5. But friends, can God say the same thing about you? Are you loyal and faithful to him? He's a friend that sticketh closer than brother, but are you a fair-weathered friend? He's a friend that took ridicule and beating, and by his stripes we are healed. Some of us won't even utter his name in public. And praise be to God, we still live in a country where that is okay. Friends, It's time that we were set apart from the world. See, we're told that we're adulterers and adulteresses if we have friendship with the world because it's enmity with God. We're to be set apart, holy, which is our reasonable service. See, Daniel understood what it meant to be committed to the Lord. And I'm asking you today to search your heart, as David told us in Psalms 139, and to see where you need to shore up your faith, to understand what you need to do, that you could be as loyal to him as he is to you, or at least strive to be so. And I'll leave you with this thought. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, 
that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Will the footsteps that you lead and take lead others to the Lord? Will your faith shine a light into the darkness of those around you? Are you steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord? Remember, you are loved. Jesus loves you. Thank you for joining us in today's podcast. You can visit the show notes for quotes from today's podcast and scripture references. We pray today has been a blessing, and we encourage you to reach out to us through our app, our website, or our Facebook page. You can find our app by searching for Woman at the Well Ministries in your app store or through our website at watwm.org. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash watwm. If you visit our website, you'll be able to subscribe to Bible Bits, a daily devotion written by Kim and delivered Monday through Friday by text message. Woman at the Well Ministries is a nonprofit organization dedicated to serving our Heavenly Father. And it is through your loving and generous support that our ministry continues to bless others. To learn how to partner with Woman at the Well Ministries, please visit our website. Thank you to the gospel group Fudge Creek for letting us use their hit song, Happy Girl. We greatly appreciate your prayers. We are praying daily for our listeners. Remember that God loves you. You are loved. Happy girl